Section 14 of English Literature by William J. Long. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6 continued. Shakespeare's predecessors in the drama. The English drama, as it developed from the miracle plays, has an interesting history. It began with schoolmasters like Udall, who translated and adapted Latin plays for their boys to act, and who were naturally guided by classic ideals. It was continued by the choir masters of St. Paul and the Royal and the Queen's Chapel, whose companies of choir boy actors were famous in London and rivaled the players of the regular theaters. Note these choir masters had royal permits to take boys of good voice wherever found and train them as singers and actors the boys were taken from their parents and were often half starved and most brutally treated the abuse of this unnatural privilege led to the final withdrawal of all such permits End of note these choir masters were our first stage managers they began with masks and interludes and the dramatic presentation of classic myths modeled after the italians but some of them like richard edwards choir master of the queen's chapel in fifteen sixty one soon added farces from english country life and dramatized some of chaucer's stories finally the regular playwrights kidd nash lilly peel green and marlowe brought the english drama to the point where shakespeare began to experiment upon it each of these playwrights added or emphasized some essential element of the drama which appeared later in the work of shakespeare thus john lilly fifteen fifty four question mark sixteen o six who is now known chiefly as having developed the pernicious literary style called euphuism note so called from euphues the hero of lilly's two prose works euphues the anatomy of wit fifteen seventy nine and euphues and his england fifteen eighty the style is affected and over elegant abounds in odd conceits and uses hopelessly involved sentences it is found in nearly all elizabethan prose writers and partially accounts for their general tendency to artificiality shakespeare satirizes euphuism in the character of don adriano of love's labors lost but is himself tiresomely euphuistic at times especially in his early or lillian comedies lily by the way did not invent the style but did more than any other to diffuse it End of note is one of the most influential of the early dramatists his court comedies are remarkable for their witty dialogue and for being our first plays to aim definitely at unity and artistic finish thomas kidd's spanish tragedy circa fifteen eighty five first gives us the drama or rather the melodrama of passion copied by marlowe and shakespeare this was the most popular of the early elizabethan plays it was revised again and again and ben jonson is said to have written one version and to have acted the chief part of hieronimo note see schelling end of note and robert green fifteen fifty eight question mark fifteen ninety two plays the chief part in the early development of romantic comedy and gives us some excellent scenes of english country life in plays like friar bacon and friar bungay methods of the early dramatists 
even a brief glance at the life and work of these first playwrights shows three noteworthy things which have a bearing on shakespeare's career one these men were usually actors as well as dramatists they knew the stage and the audience and in writing their plays they remembered not only the actor's part but also the audience's love for stories and brave spectacles will it act well and will it please our audience were the questions of chief concern to our early dramatists two their training began as actors then they revised old plays and finally became independent writers in this their work shows an exact parallel with that of shakespeare three they often worked together probably as shakespeare worked with marlowe and fletcher either in revising old plays or in creating new ones they had a common store of material from which they derived their stories and characters hence their frequent repetition of names and they often produced two or more plays on the same subject much of shakespeare's work depends as we shall see on previous plays and even his hamlet uses the material of an earlier play of the same name probably by kidd which was well known to the london stage in fifteen eighty nine some twelve years before shakespeare's great work was written all these things are significant if we are to understand the elizabethan drama and the man who brought it to perfection shakespeare was not simply a great genius he was also a great worker and he developed in exactly the same way as did all his fellow craftsmen and contrary to the prevalent opinion the elizabethan drama is not a minerva like creation springing full-grown from the head of one man it is rather an orderly though rapid development in which many men bore a part all our early dramatists are worthy of study for the part they played in the development of the drama but we can here consider only one the most typical of all whose best work is often ranked with that of shakespeare christopher marlowe fifteen sixty four fifteen ninety three marlowe is one of the most suggestive figures of the english renaissance and the greatest of shakespeare's predecessors the glory of the elizabethan drama dates from his tamburlaine fifteen eighty seven wherein the whole restless temper of the age finds expression nature that framed us of four elements warring within our breasts for regiment doth teach us all to have aspiring minds our souls whose faculties can comprehend the wondrous architecture of the world and measure every wandering planet's course still climbing after knowledge infinite and always moving as the restless spheres will us to wear ourselves and never rest tamburlaine part one act two scene seven life marlowe was born in canterbury only a few months before shakespeare he was the son of a poor shoemaker but through the kindness of a patron was educated at the town grammar school and then at cambridge when he came to london circa fifteen eighty four his soul was surging with the ideals of the renaissance which later found expression in faustus the scholar longing for unlimited knowledge and for power to grasp the universe 
unfortunately marlowe had also the unbridled passions which mark the early or pagan renaissance as taine calls it and the conceit of a young man just entering the realms of knowledge he became an actor and lived in a low tavern atmosphere of excess and wretchedness in fifteen eighty seven when but twenty-three years old he produced tamburlaine which brought him instant recognition thereafter notwithstanding his wretched life he holds steadily to a high literary purpose though all his plays abound in violence no doubt reflecting many of the violent scenes in which he lived he develops his mighty line and depicts great scenes in magnificent bursts of poetry such as the stage had never heard before in five years while shakespeare was serving his apprenticeship marlowe produced all his great work then he was stabbed in a drunken brawl and died wretchedly as he had lived the epilogue of faustus might be written across his tombstone cut is the branch that might have grown full straight and burned is apollo's laurel bough that sometimes grew within this learned man marlowe's works in addition to the poem hero and leander to which we have referred marlowe is famous for four dramas now known as the marlowesque or one-man type of tragedy each revolving about one central personality who is consumed by the lust of power the first of these is tamburlaine the story of timur the tartar timur begins as a shepherd chief who first rebels and then triumphs over the persian king intoxicated by his success timur rushes like a tempest over the whole east seated on his chariot drawn by captive kings with a caged emperor before him he boasts of his power which overrides all things then afflicted with a disease he raves against the gods and would overthrow them as he has overthrown earthly rulers tamburlaine is an epic rather than a drama but one can understand its instant success with a people only half civilized fond of military glory and the instant adoption of its mighty line as the instrument of all dramatic expression faustus faustus the second play is one of the best of marlowe's works note in fifteen eighty seven the first history of johann faust a half legendary german necromancer appeared in frankfurt where marlowe found the story is unknown but he used it as goethe did two centuries later for the basis of his great tragedy the story is that of a scholar who longs for infinite knowledge and who turns from theology philosophy medicine and law the four sciences of the time to the study of magic much as a child might turn from jewels to tinsel and colored paper in order to learn magic he sells himself to the devil on condition that he shall have twenty-four years of absolute power and knowledge the play is the story of those twenty-four years like tamburlaine it is lacking in dramatic construction note we must remember however that our present version of faustus is very much mutilated and does not preserve the play as marlowe wrote it End of note. 
but has an unusual number of passages of rare poetic beauty milton's satan suggests strongly that the author of paradise lost had access to faustus and used it as he may also have used tamburlaine for the magnificent panorama displayed by satan in paradise regained for instance more than fifty years before milton's hero says which way i turn is hell myself am hell marlowe had written faust how comes it then that thou art out of hell mephisto why this is hell nor am i out of it hell hath no limits nor is circumscribed in one self-place for where we are is hell and where hell is there must we ever be marlowe's third play is the jew of malta a study of the lust for wealth which centers about barabbas a terrible old money-lender strongly suggestive of shylock in the merchant of venice the first part of the play is well constructed showing a decided advance but the last part is an accumulation of melodramatic horrors barabbas is checked in his murderous career by falling into a boiling cauldron which he had prepared for another and dies blaspheming his only regret being that he has not done more evil in his life marlowe's last play is edward the second a tragic study of a king's weakness and misery in point of style and dramatic construction it is by far the best of marlowe's plays and is a worthy predecessor of shakespeare's historical drama marlowe and shakespeare marlowe is the only dramatist of the time who is ever compared with shakespeare note the two dramatists may have worked together in such doubtful plays as richard the third the hero of which is like timur in an english dress and titus andronicus with its violence and horror in many strong scenes in shakespeare's works marlowe's influence is manifest End of note when we remember that he died at twenty-nine probably before shakespeare had produced a single great play we must wonder what he might have done had he outlived his wretched youth and become a man here and there his work is remarkable for its splendid imagination for the stateliness of its verse and for its rare bits of poetic beauty but in dramatic instinct in wide knowledge of human life in humor in delineation of woman's character and in the delicate fancy which presents an ariel as perfectly as a macbeth in a word in all that makes a dramatic genius shakespeare stands alone marlowe simply prepared the way for the master who was to follow variety of the early drama the thirty years between our first regular english plays and shakespeare's first comedy note gammer girton's needle appeared circa 1562 love's labors lost circa 1591 End of note witnessed a development of the drama which astonishes us both by its rapidity and variety we shall better appreciate shakespeare's work if we glance for a moment at the plays that preceded him and note how he covers the whole field and writes almost every form and variety of the drama known to his age 
types of drama first in importance or at least in popular interest are the new chronicle plays founded upon historical events and characters they show the strong national spirit of the elizabethan age and their popularity was due largely to the fact that audiences came to the theaters partly to gratify their awakened national spirit and to get their first knowledge of national history some of the moralities like bale's king johann fifteen thirty eight are crude chronicle plays and the early robin hood plays and the first tragedy gorboduc show the same awakened popular interest in english history during the reign of elizabeth the popular chronicle plays increased till we have the record of over two hundred and twenty half of which are still extant dealing with almost every important character real or legendary in english history of shakespeare's thirty-seven dramas ten are true chronicle plays of english kings three are from the legendary annals of britain and three more are from the history of other nations other types of the early drama are less clearly defined but we may sum them up under a few general heads one the domestic drama began with crude home scenes introduced into the miracles and developed in a score of different ways from the coarse humor of gammergurton's needle to the comedy of manners of johnson and the later dramatists shakespeare's taming of the shrew the merry wives of windsor belong to this class two the so-called court comedy is the opposite of the former in that it represented a different kind of life and was intended for a different audience it was marked by elaborate dialogue by jests retorts and endless plays on words rather than by action it was made popular by lily's success and was imitated in shakespeare's first or lillian comedies such as love's labors lost and the complicated two gentlemen of verona three romantic comedy and romantic tragedy suggests the most artistic and finished types of the drama which were experimented upon by peel green and marlowe and were brought to perfection in the merchant of venice romeo and juliet and the tempest four in addition to the above types were several others the classical plays modeled upon seneca and favored by cultivated audiences the melodrama favorite of the groundlings which depended not on plot or characters but upon a variety of striking scenes and incidents and the tragedy of blood always more or less melodramatic like kidd's spanish tragedy which grew more blood and thundery in marlowe and reached a climax of horrors in shakespeare's titus andronicus it is noteworthy that hamlet lear and macbeth all belong to this class but the developed genius of the author raised them to a height such as the tragedy of blood had never known before these varied types are quite enough to show with what doubtful and unguided experiments our first dramatists were engaged like men first setting out in rafts and dugouts on an unknown sea they are the more interesting when we remember that shakespeare tried them all 
that he is the only dramatist whose plays cover the whole range of the drama from its beginning to its decline from the stage spectacle he developed the drama of human life and instead of the doggerel and bombast of our first plays he gives us the poetry of romeo and juliet and midsummer night's dream in a word shakespeare brought order out of dramatic chaos in a few short years he raised the drama from a blundering experiment to a perfection of form and expression which has never since been rivaled end of section fourteen